This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with my fellow app nerds, John Beeler, Graham Williams. We got an awesome program for you today. We'll be uh, talking about a few different things. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, uh, but uh, some of the cell phone uh, plans out there have uh, increased their data dramatically. Uh, the big carriers are all matching themselves. I think Telus let it off with their peace of mind plan. Uh, 75 bucks for 20 gigs now. 20 gigs. 20 gigs. 20 gigs. So we're going to be talking about that. Uh, if it's worth it, why should you upgrade to 20 gigs? Are you going to use all of it? We'll go through some of the uh, pros and cons. Uh, we'll also be talking about a new weird phone, the Pine phone. Yes. And John, you're excited about this. Very much so, yeah. I think this is going to be a really interesting thing. I don't want to spill all the beans yet, but it's a very inexpensive smartphone that has your privacy in mind. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, and we'll uh, be talking about Huawei. Who's not talking about Huawei? There uh, has been uh, the trial going on this past week in Vancouver. So uh, we're just going to kind of break down some of the things happening there and our thoughts uh, as well. Uh, let's look at some of the news, guys. Uh, this was an interesting one. Uh, I caught this on mobilesyrup.com. Uh, apparently, there's a new text messaging scam out there. Do tell. Shocking. I know. Like It's almost every second day now I'm getting some stupid text. I think my wife got one yesterday from Van City, uh, you know, asking her to click on this link to log in. Not actually from Van City, but purporting to be from Van City. Yes, and yes. we're not customers of Van City. Yes. So, uh, crazy. Well, uh, there's a, a FedEx tracking notification one happening now. So, uh, this is a text message uh, that you will get. Uh, it's masquerading as FedEx, uh, saying that you have a package. And uh, if you uh, click it, you go to Amazon. And then it asks you uh, to put in your credit card information to get a free prize. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't order anything from Amazon or FedEx. Yeah, so For free prize. Right. Once again, if it sounds too good to be true, and in this case, if you weren't expecting any packages, don't <laughs> click on it. Isn't this what some of the police departments used to do to entice criminals to come out? Yes, they want a, like a TV. <laughs> right. And they had criminals come down to the station to pick it up. So now the criminals are turning this around. Yeah. So here's the thing. I mean, you can do a couple of things. One, don't click on these links. But two, uh, this is the app show. Use the apps for these shipping providers. Now, if you get a notice from FedEx, if you get a notice from DHL, you get a notice from UPS, uh, if you've done things right, you probably have an account with these people. Um, these addresses will pop up in their system and you'll automatically get a notification when a package is coming in. Um, on iOS, I use an app called Deliveries and I can actually keep track of all of my packages there. It's funny because you're like, well, I didn't order a package. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a frequent occurrence for me when something shows up and I go, when did I buy that? Well, and, and to be fair, we get a lot of stuff being sent to us as a tech review type company, yeah. radio show, TV show, all yeah, that so kind of stuff. Yeah, we're constantly getting notifications. In, in right. my case, I think the drunk 2 a.m. shopping is probably more the culprit, but, <laughs> uh, you know, protect yourself, right? Use apps um, and, and you know, don't click on links. I think that's it. Yeah, that's and then advice. give in your credit card information. Uh, <laughs> another scam, and I think it's a scam, I got a call the other night at three in the morning to my landline. Good time. And picked it up and it was saying, someone uh, is... Uh, wanting to talk to you or get a hold of you, uh, press one to accept the call. Mm. It's like a collect call kind of. Remember right, those? yes. Uh, anyway, um, I thought, no. 
because I'm sure if I hit that button one, I'm suddenly racking up some sort of $20 charge. Or you've won a cruise. Uh, that what would if, be the least of my problems. One of your family members is languishing in a Laotian prison right now, and this was their only hope. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's uh, move on to someone who did get scammed, uh, Jeff Bezos. Yes. Uh, who is the CEO and founder of Amazon, one of the top richest people in the world, highly intelligent, and what happened? So uh, apparently in May of 2018, he got a WhatsApp message from the crown prince, uh, or sorry, the Saudi prince Mohammed bin Salman uh, on WhatsApp that had some malware in it. And it was used to then further hack his phone. So uh, MBS, Mohammed bin Salman, is a, a fellow that does not have a lot of really great things attached to his name. Uh, you know, there is the uh, alleged uh, problem with, uh, well, the assassination of the journalist uh, Khashoggi yes. that has been attached to this fellow as well. The question that I have, uh, a couple of things. Jeff Bezos, you're having, you have this guy's number in your contact list, for one. Uh, two, you're using WhatsApp, a Facebook app that is notorious for being a security problem. And three, you clicked on a link. <laughs> See previous section. <laughs> oh my God. But you know, in fairness guys out there, there are so many of these phishing uh, type of tax now. They're trying to get you to click on something or put your username and password in. Like some of them are super real. They are. Um, and, and the problem is like the ones that are super real, they put a lot of effort into and those are typically targeted. Yeah. You know, so for a lot of us, it's like, I'm not important enough for someone to try to do this. Uh, the ones that aren't as targeted typically actually aren't that good because they're looking for people who would not be susceptible to a, uh, you know, a, a, a very accurate one. They're looking, they're looking for people who are maybe not paying enough attention or who don't know technology that well. Uh, another issue I've been having over the past few years, uh, I'm a business owner, uh, small business, are people trying to trick my employees into thinking that I'm them. And so just honestly, 15 minutes before this show, I got uh, an email from uh, Sadaf, our uh, controller in the company, our accountant, and uh, she got an email from me, apparently, and the title was expense, of, uh, expense and it said, hey, Sadaf, uh, how much does uh, bank, the bank charge for an outgoing domestic wire transfer? Thank you, Mike Agarbo. You didn't send that. Oh, hell no. <laughs> hell no. Who does wire transfers? <laughs> well, I guess a few people do. But um, anyway, she gets these apparently all the time. Yeah. Interesting. And it, trying to pretend they're me and then getting her to send money or we, something like that. We did have an employee a few years ago who received a notification from you to buy a number of uh, iTunes gift cards. Yes. And yes. then send those numbers as well. Um that's a, that's a really popular one, right? Because you can't oh, really... Did, you didn't know about the one a few months ago with another one of our team members. <laughs> that uh, same thing happened and asked her to buy $1,000 worth of Google. Nice. You didn't hear about that? I didn't hear about this one. Oh, well, thank God. Uh, she uh, was told by this nefarious person who was pretending to be me to scratch off the, uh, the code on these cards after she bought them mm -hmm. and send them, send the codes to... To them <laughs> and so she stopped right there and thought that's kind of weird and then she got a hold of me she yeah. phoned me and asked me hey uh do you sure you want me to send you these codes over email or text and i'm like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> and so uh, fortunately the crooks didn't get it unfortunately google wouldn't take those back they scratched <laughs> the codes so we have a thousand dollars worth of google play cards for the google app store 
I see a contest coming up. <laughs> I don't know whatever happened to them, to be honest, because I'm more on the iPhone side. But AJ, AJ has a lot of movies and music. Yeah, my business partner. Yeah, suddenly he's uh, app rich, <laughs> which is uh, kind of uh, crazy. Uh, what else do we have in the news here? We're uh, talking news here on the uh, app show. Instagram is dropping the annoying IGTV button. So first of all, what is the IGTV button? So IGTV is essentially Instagram's ad uh, answer to sort of Twitch and YouTube, right? The idea of longer form videos where you're trying to build an audience and bring that in. Um, and so Facebook has seen this and because they own Instagram, they want to see if they can grab some of that audience. Uh, it launched and didn't really do much. Nobody clicked the button. Nobody clicked the button. I gotta be honest, I, I never clicked it. I didn't know. Like, why do I want to go there? Well, and that's the thing. Instagram for me is sort of these short snippets of content, uh, really great Instagram stories. Those are a ton of fun. I don't want to spend a lot of time in the Instagram app watching longer form video. And I just want cat photos. Yeah. And their desktop experience isn't that good. I mean, I tend to watch a lot of my YouTube stuff either on my Apple TV or on my desktop. It's typically not on my phone. So there's sort of a, I think a disconnect here as to who the audience was. I think they were looking to try to create an audience and they didn't. So they're getting rid of the button. Okay, we've uh, got a lot more to talk about on today's uh, app show. Uh, we will be talking about a new phone that uh, will take privacy to the next level. I think we're all pretty concerned about that nowadays because we're constantly getting hacked and our information's just kind of all over the place. Uh, we will also be chatting uh, about Huawei, uh, our thoughts on what's happened this past week and uh, where they're going to go next uh, with everything. And coming up after the break, a whole bunch of uh, changes have happened with the cell phone plans here in Canada. They're upping the amount of data you can get. Obviously, they want a little bit more money. Is it worth it? We'll, uh, we'll go through that. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. Hey, you're back with The App Show. Mike Agarbo here with uh, John and Graham Williams. We uh, still have lots to talk about. Uh, later on, we'll uh, be giving our thoughts on the whole Huawei trial situation and what's coming up for them uh, over the next year here. Some really interesting times for that uh, company. We'll also be looking at uh, the new Pine phone. We're talking about it. It's a phone uh, designed to uh, maximize your privacy. Don't forget, we have a great contest going on our website at getconnectedmedia.com. If you subscribe to our newsletter, you will be entered to win an Amazon Echo Show 8 digital assistant. This thing uh, has got the Alexa voice assistant built into it, an eight-inch touchscreen. You'll be able to play your favorite music. You'll be able to watch video on it, control your home. What can't this thing do? So again, if you want to enter to win this, we'll be drawing uh, for this at the end of the month. GetConnectedMedia.com, subscribe to our newsletter. And the bonus, you'll be entered in all the contests going forward. You can't lose. Okay, so tell us this week, shook things up. They uh, basically doubled the amount of data on one of their kind of plan, their entry data plans. So it went uh, from 10 gigs to 20 gigs. So 75 bucks gets you 20 gigs a month of data. It's nice. It, it's so interesting to me because just like a couple of years ago, I know so many people that only had like one or two gigs of data. Yes. So what happened? <laughs> data all of a sudden got less expensive. Well, I, I think, How? <laughs> you know, we, we did see that when the liberal government was first elected, they started to take a bit more of a focus on uh, the CRTC and what we were paying for data because a ton of these studies were coming out saying that we had some of the highest 
cell phone costs in the world. And it seemed kind of rampant, right? You know, they, they're, they're, uh, I think people were referring to it as Robellus at one point, right? Rogers, yep. Bell, and Tellus. And, and the problem was it felt like you couldn't go anywhere because everybody had the same, size, same price plans. Um, we saw Shaw enter the market, right, with Freedom Mobile. And they came out with this $50 plan with, I can't even remember how many gigs. I think it was like 10 gigs It was or 10 gigs. And then all of a sudden, there was this race over the course of three days. Yeah. Everybody else I got it. to match this. Yeah. You, you, you got it. Yeah. I couldn't. I was on the phone with Rogers for, I think, 12 hours. And I couldn't <laughs> get it. I felt heartbroken. Um, and so, we, you know, we started to see that there was actually starting to be a little bit of movement in the market because I think the government had decided to put their eye on this again. Um, now, they have committed to bringing prices down by another 25% for these plans, not including all of these deals that have gone on. This may actually be part of that. We don't really know at this point. But they're looking at it saying that the average Canadian was paying, you know, in some cases, four, five, six times as much as they were paying in the States for the same amount of data, far more than we were paying in Europe. And so something had to give. And I think rather than risk the CRTC being strengthened by the government, giving them more teeth, more punitive powers, uh, you know, these companies looked at it and went, we're making a ton of money anyway. We're going to continue to make a ton of money. So rather than put ourselves in a situation where we're going to have somebody looking over our shoulder who could actually do damage to us, maybe let's play ball a little bit. I also wonder too, I mean, we've been talking about this a lot lately. If there's other external players at work here that might be sort of moving the dial a little bit. Uh, we've talked about Google Fi in the past. Uh, we talked about Phonus, which we're still not sure of is an actual thing, but people definitely want uh, more data for less. And they're looking at other options, even as far as going to the US and signing up with T-Mobile or somebody like that and having a US-based phone number because they're just texting everybody or calling uh, and using their data. And it's a much cheaper plan than what they can get in Canada. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I found was I used to hate my cellular providers, right? Like you hated your plan. You hated the negotiation. You hated that you felt like you were getting ripped off. You hated all of the extra fees and the 20 page long bills. And so, you know, there was the bill of rights that was put in place for cell phone owners, uh, which made bills a lot easier to read, made contract negotiations a whole lot easier. Um, and the plan that I have right now, I actually feel okay about it. When people see who are you with, I'm like, I'm with Rogers and I've actually got a pretty good deal. And I've got friends who are like, I'm with Telus and I've got a pretty good deal. And I think these companies have looked at it. We weren't you know, not, we weren't using our phones to the, the best of our abilities at that point. We were all kind of miserly with our data. I'll wait till I get on Wi-Fi. You know what? Uh, text me because my data won't work. But now we actually are using the data and we are happier and we are actually, you know, we feel better about these services, which means that there's going to be less churn, right? Fewer customer service issues. Do you think though, by offering this more data, they're slowly trying to get the average price point up per customer? Because I look at the data uh, so I, on my family, I've got three lines and I've got a 10 gig plan with each of the three lines, my wife, myself, and one of my sons. And I'm constantly hitting <laughs> the 10 gigs because I'm just doing crazy stuff all the time. Uh, but I look at the data on my wife's and my son's phone and they'd be lucky if they cracked one and a half gigs a month. My parents are like that. They're yeah. on my plan. So here's the interesting thing. It's actually a little bit more about where we're going in the next five years which is 5G. The idea right now that we're using wired infrastructure for so many things, right? That wired infrastructure for, uh, for cable internet, right? For all of our streaming stuff, with 5G in place, 
the idea of that wired infrastructure to house actually becomes less and less relevant. So you're looking at Rogers, you're looking at Telus, you're looking at Bell in places where perhaps they don't have that wired infrastructure. Rogers doesn't have wired service out here, but could they be my television provider and my internet provider and my mobile provider under 5G? They could. They could even be your provider now, if you think about it, at a 20 gig plan, uh, that's a lot of data. And you could get away with just using the data on that it's, instead of even having a home internet connection at, at 4G in a LTE, lot of cases. At yeah. 4G LTE, it's yeah. faster than a lot of wired plans are right now. Because a lot of people right. are just watching their content on Netflix, on their tablets, uh, or their computer, or their phone. And you could literally use just your, your data plan for that because they have the unlimited plans. That I forget over $100 there. But you know, if you did away with your ISP, your regular one here, uh, you could do it. So the interesting thing here is that the service that they provide right now, the service to your home, they have to actually be a reseller for that for other people in the area that want to use it. So people like Tech Savvy, there's actually no protection in place for, for the spectrum that they have. So this actually could be a play down the road to squeeze out some of those smaller players and getting us back to a place where we have no competition, which is why we need to keep our eyes on it. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we still have a lot to talk about. We're going to be chatting about a new phone coming soon called the Pine phone. And this is uh, the ultimate in privacy, making sure your information isn't leaking all over there. Uh, so we're pretty excited to, to go through that with you. Don't forget to hit our website, getconnectedmedia.com. Uh, here on the App Show, we're giving away an Echo Show 8 from Amazon. It's got the Alexa voice bu uh, assistant built into it full touch screen all you have to do go to getconnectedmedia.com hit the newsletter subscription button and you'll be entered to win that and all the contests going forward back after this you're back with the app show mike john and graham here still lots to talk about on today's program later on we'll uh, have john's app pick of the week we'll also be talking about huawei not only what happened here in Vancouver uh, with the trial this past week, but also some of the interesting things happening with that company and their technology, their phones, their operating systems going forward here in 2020 as well. The Pine Phone. John, you, you brought this to my attention a few days ago. You're all excited about it. Tell us, this is a, a new phone that is built around privacy. Yeah, this is a phone from a company uh, that has a, a suite of devices. They're all focused on the Linux community and very community driven. And so they've been very active talking to the community about what's important in a smartphone. And what makes this particular phone very interesting to me is there's two factors that are, I think are, are very different. One, it's powered by Linux. So that's, it's not a Google phone, it's not an Apple phone, it's something else. Uh, and I'll get into that in a minute. And it's really inexpensive. It's $150 US. Ooh. It's not a super high-end 15 camera feature phone or um, premium phone. It's just a good utilitarian phone. What makes it a little different though is that you can actually take the back cover off and there's a replaceable battery, but there's a series of dip switches, physical switches to turn off certain things on the device. You could turn off your cameras, front and rear, turn off your modems, turn off your Bluetooth, your Wi-Fi, all those things that people are concerned that, you know, their smartphone is listening, you can turn off the microphone. You can turn physically. off, physically turn off the microphone. You can physically turn off the headphone jack so that nothing plugged into it will actually work as well. And you have to like take the back cover off I mean, it's, it's easy enough to do. It's like replacing a battery 
cover. Um, but it's a really interesting take on the smartphone that we haven't seen quite like this before. Does it work well with a tinfoil hat? <laughs> of course. Uh, of course. Okay, but it's not running, it's not an iPhone, it's not running Android. What is it running? Like, what can you do on this thing besides have no one ever get a hold of you? <laughs> Well, you have to turn on the switches oh, for it to actually okay. function. Okay. Um, but what's interesting is they actually just shipped, uh, they, they have a, a version of it strictly for developers and the community to figure out the best uh, end user operating system to run it on. So they actually have about three different flavors of Linux that are specifically for smartphones that they have images for that you can test. And they're going to basically figure out the best use with this particular hardware, which they just came out with when they ship the product to end users in March. That's kind of exciting because right now. So there's no apps for this thing? Well, it's it's Linux, so presumably you'll be able to run lots of things. Oh, like Linux based. Right. But you'd also have you know a full browser and mail client, all those typical things you would want from a phone. Got it. You're not gonna have Facebook out of the gate. Yeah. But as a dedicated native app. But these are the things that the community is all working towards. I'm actually quite excited about this because this is the first true alternate non Google, non Apple operating system we've had for a smartphone for a while. So, so that's, that's kind of it. Right now, your options are, you know, the Apple option, which for some people out there, it's never going to happen. Right. They do not like the company. They don't like the ethos. They don't like the, the walled garden. Not going to happen. Uh, for some folks, you know, the idea of having a Google phone, you know, a phone made by an advertising company that actually is there and it is eating a lot of your data to create this picture of you to sell you more stuff. That is the antithesis of what they want. Yeah. Uh, we've got Harmony coming out of Huawei which, yep. you know, is probably a very capable version of Android, but for a lot of folks out there, they kind of look at it and go, I'm not, I'm, I'm a little scared of this company. So having this other option in this place that is, again, that open source ethos is kind of cool. You know, to Mike's point, this does sound a lot like Revenge of the Nerds. A little bit, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. If you're wanted by Interpol or Homeland Security, <laughs> well, and, are you on the no-fly list? We've got a phone for you. Some people have referred to this as, as, as also the Edward Snowden phone because this is something that he wanted in his phone is because he physically you know, desoldered the camera and the microphones and things like that from his various smartphones. And so this phone actually gives you the ability to switch it off at the hardware level uh, so you can't get hacked unless someone physically flips that switch on the back. Um, is this phone for everybody? Probably not. But at this price point, it's a really interesting... Uh, Sorry, how much? 150? 150 US. And it could lead to an, another generation of smartphones that is slightly more consumer friendly, yes. that does actually give people a little bit more choice here. And I think we can all agree, more choice is good. Absolutely. And so this thing's actually coming out. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're already shipping for developers. Okay. And uh, the, the end user model is coming in March. Very cool. Just, uh, I just learned this, uh, the Motorola Razr, on a whole other topic, uh, the flip phone, the one that has the folding screen, which we saw down at CES, which we all fell in love with, uh, hitting uh, in February here now, February 6th. No Canadian details yet. That's just the US, yeah. Yeah, but it's coming. I think we have to get one in. Oh, absolutely. Oh, all right. Hell, we almost yeah. got one in at CES, but <laughs> he, uh, the, the Lenovo rep, he would not let me pry it from his hands. <laughs> so you know how much it is? It's not 150 US. No, it's 1500 US. It'll be about $2,000 Canadian. Yeah. So it, for a Motorola Razr flip phone with a folding screen. Is that worth it? I think there's a certain wow factor. I, I think more so of a wow factor than the folding tablets that we've seen. Yeah. 
Um, cause this, th- that's the thing that can't be stated too many times is this is a very sexy pocketable phone. Yeah. I mean the folding, uh, tablets that, you know, phones into tablets, cool, super cool. But when I saw this Motorola razor and I got it into my hands, I was like, wow, I could, I could get into this. This could yeah. be your phone. It could be my phone. Okay. Yeah. If I was into Android. <laughs> Okay, we will have to take another break here. Don't forget to hit uh, the contest page on getconnectedmedia.com, giving away an Amazon Echo Show 8, 8 8-inch touchscreen with Alexa voice assistant built into it. It's your music speaker. It's your home control system. It's your TV. It's your friend. Uh, And again, all you have to do, subscribe to our newsletter, hit the newsletter tab. You'll be entered to win this and entered into all the other contests that we have going on this year. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. You're back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with fellow app nerds, John Peeler, Graham Williams. Still got uh, lots of stuff to talk about here on the program today. Later on, we'll have John's App of the Week. Huawei in the news again, uh, especially here in Vancouver, where uh, their CFO, Ms. Ming, was uh, detained last uh, year. Uh, has been cooling her hill, uh, her heels uh, under house arrest uh, in uh, her home in the West uh, End. And uh, this week, uh, trial basically uh, trying to determine if uh, it should basically go to trial. Mm. Uh, her defense lawyers uh, arguing that uh, the sanctions that the U.S. have on Iran aren't happening in Canada here, so uh, the whole thing should be thrown out essentially, if I could to boil that down. Which is an interesting one because, you know, we are an extradition treaty country and yeah. if there is an arrest warrant out for someone, we are obligated to go through but this we have, process. But we have to have the same law. Well, no, we don't. No? No. Okay. If, if, if there is an arrest warrant out and we are requested by that other country to detain this person, that's... That's what that's what ends up happening, right? So, um, you know, the the interesting thing here is they're really looking at a lot of different legal options to try to uh, negate what's happened. You know, I don't think it's going to be successful. I think uh, uh, Ms. Meng is going to find herself in the United States relatively soon. I don't um, think she'll ever go to the United States. You don't think so? No, I don't. We, I mean, we heard earlier this week that the uh, Chinese government was looking to exchange uh, two Canadian prisoners uh, for Ms. Meng. Who? China? Uh, yes. Oh, uh, which, I didn't hear that. Uh, the, you know, the Prime Minister declined. Um, it's, it's a, that's a very rough position for him to be put into uh, because, again, we do have these obligations as part of our extradition treaties. Uh, I think that's really the only decision that he could make at that point is, no, you know what, we, we, we can't be doing backdoor deals uh, when we're already committed to something. And I feel bad for those Canadians in China right now because they could be in great peril. Um, one thing that we did see, though, is that people were protesting um, for Ms. Meng uh, outside the courthouse. And there has been some talk about that. Some allegations that these protesters were paid to be there. Yes. and So, there so have been, there's been no... Uh, they can't really find out who paid them. That's correct. So... I don't know what's going on there. That's kind of weird. Well, and so there's there's something called the 50 Cent Army, right? Okay. And we, we typically see this online, but it's where the uh, the Chinese government would pay for internet commenters to make positive posts about them online, and they would be paid 50 cents a post. And so you can actually see this in many, many stories out there where there are very similar threads in what is being written and what is being said um, on accounts that seem to do nothing else but this. Uh, if you pop on Reddit, you pop on to even CBC comments, uh, you start to notice that there are some things going on here. 
And so there is the thought that perhaps this is the real life application of that. People being paid $150, not knowing necessarily what it was that they were, you know, there was some talk that it was a music video. Right. And uh, and so we have protesters now who are standing there. Uh, one woman on the condition of anonymity uh, apologized for not doing the research and said, this is actually not what I believe. I thought I was making a quick 150 bucks. It just sounds really fishy to me still because there's just, it's really light on details. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like, so a lot of people would see this and say that, for example, Huawei's paying these protesters. I, I or, don't, I don't think someone, that, um, I don't think that's the case, right? I mean, I don't know. It's just, it, it's just weird. I, I don't think that Huawei would as a, as a company. Um, I think that's you're getting into a very dangerous place because there could be ramifications for them there. Yeah. Um, you know, have we seen the influence of the Chinese government here in Canada? We absolutely have. Uh, if I had to put my money on it, I would say it's more in that direction than it is uh, with the company itself. Well, and a lot of the stuff that I saw online as well was convoluted with, you know, the free Hong Kong, like all this political stuff swirling around China, Hong Kong, Huawei and this extradition trial like it's just so complicated and it's so murky as to who's pulling the strings yes where and um yeah it's the 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 really challenging thing here is we have obligations based on these treaties and it is not a place that they think that any canadian would want to be in of having to make the decision on but it, how do you follow through with it's this? kind of murky so the hearing uh, basically is focusing on what they say is the legal test of double criminality, mm-hmm. uh, which means that the allegations against uh, Miss Meng, they also have to be a crime in Canada for her to be extradited to the United States. So the Crown here is arguing that uh, she committed fraud uh, when she lied to the HSBC uh, executive about Huawei's relationship with one of their subsidiaries apparently doing business in Iran. So there, there's like so many different layers to this. And, you know, obviously we're not legal scholars or experts. We are not here. lawyers. <laughs> no. So uh, again, it just, the whole thing smells funny to me. You know, it, it came at a funny time when, uh, you know, the U.S. was having the trade war against China. Do you know what I mean? Like, Which is still going on. Yeah, you can't help but think there was huge political, uh, you know, things Pu- behind this. Puppetry. Yeah, Puppetry. Let, let's pull Canada into it because that'll oh, be really great you. for yeah. everyone involved. Thank you. So what does that do for Huawei now? Like, it's interesting, right? Because uh, they've had a hard time now. They're not allowed to uh, use a, a lot of American companies, supplies and software, including Google, Android. It was interesting though. They just signed a deal with TomTom to do their maps. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So that's one workaround. Interesting. Fair. Yeah. Uh, so from what I've been reading, and we're going to be seeing this coming up in uh, a few announcements over the next uh, month and a half, uh, Huawei is going to be releasing uh, a new flagship phone, the P40, uh, some, somewhere in Europe, probably Paris in March. And, uh, you know, the Mobile World Congress, which is the big smartphone trade show. Uh, I think there'll be some big announcements there. It looks like uh, Huawei is going to be going their own way with their own operating system for their devices, their phones, their TVs, and their tablets. And we talked about this, I think, probably it was what, about two years ago, I think, um, talking about waking the sleeping giant. Yes. Right? Uh, you know, when you've got Google on those phones, you have a little bit of leverage and a little bit of control there. The moment that you let that free, um, you've got, you know, a billion people in China who may be now, this is their primary choice for phone. Well, and those billion... And why why wouldn't it be? Right. Yeah. Those billion people can't even access the Google services anyways in China. Yeah. Yeah. So So now you've got another branch of operating system for smartphones out there. 
And so, yeah, sure, the U.S. thinks that they're, you know, controlling the security, but is it making it worse now? Yes. Yes, I think it is. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm super interested to see what happens over the next few months and uh, where they go with their technology and their operating systems. There's one thing that I, you know, I kind of expected. This technology is basically, it's a slab of glass. It's all plateaued. No, this has not been boring for the last year no. with all these developments from the politics side, from the operating system side, from all the deals and all that type of stuff. It's it's kind of exciting to watch happen unfold. Can I, can, can I say I'm actually really thrilled to be over in the iOS sphere where things are just kind of chill? Oh, something will happen. <laughs> something will happen. Well, yeah. For now. I'm for, for now. happy over there in my quiet little walled garden. Okay. Uh, while you uh, sit back in your walled garden, we're going to take a break here on the app show. When we come back, it's John's app choice of the week. I'm excited to hear about it. Listening to the app show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the app show. Mike Agarbo here with John and Graham. Well, it's that time now. It's time for John's app pick of the week. What do we got? This week, we've got something for the Android fans out there. Cool. Um, so Android 10 has a new gesture system that allows you to do different things, swiping up, swiping down, button presses, all that kind of stuff. Um, gesture plus, which is free for Android, but it does have in-app purchases, uh, uh, for two ninety nine to unlock the full potential of it. It allows you to remap and refine all of those things and, and change what those gestures do. So instead of, uh, you know, whatever, Google has decided those gestures should do. You have the ability to replace and trigger your favorite apps, those types of things. With these, this for like ultra nerds. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem I have with gestures is you have to. It's muscle memory. You you have to remember when you're half asleep or you know uh, one handed in the dark, swiping up twice. What does that mean? You know, right. or double clicking a certain button. What does that mean? And if you change the from the default that could have problems until you get used to it. So it is a, a sort of a relearning of how to use these things. But I think the nice thing about this app is it unlocks the, the ability to change what those gestures trigger and how they function to make them more useful for yourself. And that's always been kind of the, the, the nice thing about the Android side is the customization functionality. And I'm actually kind of surprised that Android doesn't allow you to do this natively. But yeah, why not? I don't know. Well, it could be because of that consistency of experience, Yes. right? I mean, Apple has on their touchpad on Macs, um, they've got a bunch of gestures built in and the vast majority of them are not enabled, right? You know, three-fingered three swipes, three-fingered thank God, thank God. Uh, pinches, <laughs> three-finger expand. Uh, they brought some of those to the iPad. And again, I keep forgetting to use them. Me too. Right? Like the copy and paste thing that they brought yeah, in so iOS that's 13. Th that's my thing. There's so many of these things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just happy you can turn it on. And get to the app that I want to use. <laughs> but, but if you're a and power, find the flashlight when I need it. If, if you're a power user, though, these kinds of things are the tweaks that help you get through the day faster, more efficiently, more effectively, uh, and just generally make your usage that much more efficient. Yes. Okay. Gesture Plus available for Android. Uh, you have to be running the latest version of Android, Android 10. Uh, hit our contest page, getconnectedmedia.com. It's uh, actually the newsletter page. Subscribe to it and you'll be entered to win an Amazon Echo Show 8 smart assistant uh, with Alexa built in. I want to thank everyone that helps put the show together. Of course, John and Graham, Stephen and uh, Christina as well. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.